0: To the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, you can be seated in, just in case you were standing. The Gospel of John, which we hear from this morning, is often distinguished from the other three Gospels as the one that features no parables of Jesus. But that is, of course, not entirely accurate. Instead of those traditional parables that we hear in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in the book of John, there are seven different metaphorical I am statements that Jesus gives the crowds that follow him. These are serving sort of as parables in disguise. They're little breadcrumbs on the trail to reveal who Christ is. They have a different form than the parables, but largely a similar function. Now, I know you probably remember all seven of these statements, but just in case some have slipped your memory, there is in chapter 6, I am the bread of life. In chapter 8, I am the light of the world. In chapter 10, I am the door. I am the resurrection and the life in chapter 11. I am the way, the truth, and the life in chapter 14. I am the true vine in chapter 15. And again in chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. Taken together, those seven statements tell us a great deal about the kind of Messiah that Jesus is. All of these describe in some way the manner in which Jesus served others and opened up for us possibilities to join him in living our lives fully in the light of God's love for us. Today is popularly remembered as Good Shepherd Sunday because we hear from Jesus describing himself as the Good Shepherd in John 10. And that image of Jesus tending his flock is still so rich and evocative for many of us that it comforts us even now. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know any shepherds personally. Maybe you have raised sheep or goats or worked on a farm with them before, but in Jesus' own day, shepherds were often regarded as the urban elite's vision, as scruffy, possibly untrustworthy rural types. Hired hands were thought of as largely unreliable, especially when compared with immediate family members, because they were, of course, more deeply invested in the good of the flock. It's pretty easy to guess why that would be the case. Tending a flock of sheep could be dangerous business, and hired shepherds might be lazy or prone to run away if thieves or predators appeared. Invoking this image by Jesus is a bit of a tricky rhetorical move because it's not a positive association for most of his first audience. I want you to know I spent quite a bit of time trying to think about which profession I could slander and compare to shepherds in our own day But I've decided to skip that particular opportunity. You may have one profession in mind all on your own. But I'll let you keep that to yourself this morning. But Jesus is not like those hired hands of whatever type. He's not like those shepherds brought in only to fill a slot. He is the good shepherd. Capital T, capital G, capital S. He knows and loves the sheep and he tends the flock out of that love with incredible care so quite obviously this is a metaphor that's meant to be extended and applied to Christ's relationship with his disciples and with the church sheep and shepherds go together like peanut butter and jelly One cannot be a shepherd without sheep to tend. Now comparing people to sheep, of course, invites us to make some uncomfortable connections that might land a little too close to home. Sheep are notoriously difficult animals to deal with. They need guidance. And without careful attention, they can fall into a ditch or be devoured with little or no warning. And as you may have heard, sheep are known to bite. These are not low-maintenance creatures. And neither, it turns out, are human beings. We might be a little bit smarter than sheep. And a little more capable of functioning independently. But when push comes to shove, we are subject to lots of similar struggles. We also desire to be led and want to feel safe. And we need leaders, shepherds, who know us, who protect us from danger and who help us find the right way home. These words from John's gospel have been comforting for generations of believers, just as the 23rd Psalm, which we recited this morning, has been. They're meant to remind us that we have not been left completely helpless by God. If we feel overwhelmed by our troubles or anonymous in the vast crowd of humanity or worried about the future, We can trust that God sent his son into the world to save us, but also to shepherd us. We can follow where he leads. We need not go alone because we're part of a larger flock under the leadership of Christ. He is for us so that no one can hope to stand against us. All of this is just to say that if you are feeling troubled by the weight of many worldly concerns or struggling to imagine what the future looks like, those worries matter to Jesus Christ. He is not above them or beyond them. Our Lord is not seated on a cloud impassively observing our struggles without sympathy. The good shepherd does not just get on with his work. He cares about the sheep and tends each of us as individuals. That means that we can actually share both our fears and our joys with the Lord. Because we matter so much to him. Even the smallest details of our lives the things that seem too trifling to trouble with, even those things matter deeply to God. In the midst of massive changes in the world, illness and death, economic uncertainty and fear, and the sense of just general upheaval, we can take encouragement, we can take heart, Because the good shepherd has not abandoned his post, and the work of the kingdom of God continues, no matter how trying the circumstances might be. I've said to you before, this is a hard time that we are living in. It is difficult to be scattered to the four winds, separated from one another, and anxious about what may come but Christ the Good Shepherd is still with us. I'm reminded of one of my favorite poems by one of my favorite poets. I am positive I have shared it with you before, but I think it bears recollection on this particular Good Shepherd Sunday. It comes from the Kentucky farmer Wendell Berry. It's called February 2nd, 1968. In the dark of the moon, In flying snow, in the dead of winter, war spreading, families dying, the world in danger. I walk the rocky hillside, sowing clover. Friends, even in the dark of night, in the dead of winter, with war and death and danger all around, We are called to persevere, to keep scattering that good seed, because we know that we're being watched over by the Good Shepherd. He is the one leading us. He is the one who hears our prayers for even the smallest of things. The Lord Jesus Christ, who knows us and loves us, knows And loves you. He cares for you. The desires and the fears that you may hold in your heart are not a mystery to him. My prayer is that in this season we would be reminded of the love of the Lord. Love that is not just broad, but personal and intimate. He knows and loves you. And he desires to lead his sheep safely home. Amen.